No, I think coconut is the worst. I'd rather have a pure LaCroix than a coconut LaCroix. A pure nice. LaCroix is just seltzer, like a club soda that you'd put in a cocktail. Yeah, I'll have it with a cocktail. Mm, whatever. So, uh... You give me some banana rum and a coconut LaCroix and I'll drink that too. Alcohol makes it all better. Freaking Quinn, the podcast all about Harley Quinn. I'm your co-host Carly. I'm your co-host Jess, and we're on to season two, episode one, New Gotham. That's right. We finished season one, and we're on to season two, and really excited about this season. Yeah, New Year, New Gotham. Mm -hmm. But first, we wanted to talk about like the biggest DC news this week, which is the release of Wonder Woman 84 or 1984 in theaters and on HBO Max. And hot damn. Uh, we watched it Christmas Day because what else were we doing? Not getting together with family. And we're going to keep this very spoiler free since it is brand new, but I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. We watched it at home, but I can... It I, would have been better to see it in theaters. Absolutely. Like if there is a way that you can see it safely in theaters... Uh, I know that some that our local theater, you can like rent it privately for mm -hmm. you and your your pod, because um, I think that would have been awesome. I think I would have liked it even more if I'd seen it, especially because we would have had fewer interruptions. Like, oh, sure. Yeah, personal note, like we had three major interruptions. Oh, my God. One of our dogs disappeared into the kitchen briefly during the movie. And it was to find a new level of youth that allowed her to clamber up into the cabinets and eat an entire, like, spread of dinner rolls. Yes, our, uh, an, almost an entire pack of Hawaiian rolls we were going to use for our leftover ham for ham sandwiches. Completely gone. Only pieces of cardboard left on the kitchen floor. My dad called and, like a dad, did not realize that Oh, what are you doing? Watching a movie means now is not the time, but it's a dad, so it was the time. So, like, 30-minute pause for that. And, and then... Uh, then somehow our cat pooped on herself and decided that, that was when she wanted to, like, come get attention from us. So we had to bay the cat Emergency the the bath. Movie. Yeah. So it probably took us, uh, like, almost four hours to watch this two and a half hour movie because of these things. And we wouldn't have to worry about that shit, if, like literal Literal shit, shit, if we had gone to a movie theater. So uh, definitely a... Uh, definitely for looking that. forward to getting back to movie theater experience. Yeah. But other than that, once we movie. could... Yeah, once we could actually like sit down and watch the end of it, I really enjoyed it. It was definitely a good like holiday movie to uh like kind of take my mind off of like all the bad stuff that was happening during the holidays yeah and i mean still keeping it vague i do think i liked the first one better Definitely. than this one agreed but i'm seeing a lot of spicy takes on the internet about not liking this one and boy they are being way harsher than i felt i got a lot of joy from it so you know each their own life's a rich tapestry i don't think steve trevor sucks I was surprised, too, that I liked Steve Trevor. No one was more suspicious than I going into Wonder Woman, the first one and the second one, ready to just be like, right off Steve Trevor. But anyway, this is a podcast about Harley Quinn. So back to Harley Quinn. Yeah. yeah. So we don't have to go 
all into Wonder Woman 84, but... Or cat's poop. Uh, or, yeah, or our <laughs> pet drama. Um, but it was like the biggest news in DC. They've already ordered uh, uh, WB... Sorry, Warner Brothers already gave the green light for Wonder Woman 3. Hell yeah. Not Birds of Prey 2, which mm-hmm. was the better film, but it also was Agreed. rated R. So I don't know. Things are just... Their expectations for studios are just different for... Right. I mean, it's... movies. Yeah, we're comparing a family movie, Wonder Woman 84, to a female-led rated R action movie for adults. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't it be cool if they did both? Why not both? Why not both? Anyway, okay. so that's all we wanted to say. Just a couple minutes about that. Uh, those that big news. Uh, I hope everybody is having a safe and social distanced holiday holiday season. season. No matter what you celebrate, I at least hope that you had one or two days off for not making anyone else money. Yeah, I no, worked I in do. retail. I worked in retail for a really long time, and I sometimes I barely got an afternoon off work. So if that's the case, I hope you at least had a, had some downtime where yes. you were beholden to no human cocksucker. <laughs> yes. Good one. All right. Uh, after the break, we're gonna dive into season two, episode one, New Gotham. So the first thing that I wrote in my notes is some sort of official bugle <laughs> as the music over the DC intro. But it is like the kind of like announcement jingle for a speech by the president of the United States. It's a like it does have a kind of military bent to it. Yeah, it's a, a news broadcast from the president basically recapping what happened in the last episode of season one. That Joker, there was like a huge earthquake from the destruction of the Joker Tower. And because of all the devastation, he announces that Gotham City is no longer a part of the United States. Just a no man's land. Which that was, okay. Batman no man's land was like a huge, huge event, right? I remember when I was in high school reading the like novelization for the graphic novel oh wow for no man's land and it was like it was a basically book. cormac mccarthy's the road but more grimdark it was it was like <laughs> almost scandalizing how adult it was because at that point all the comic books i read were very like mild um like i read the birds of prey comics um comics run by gail simone i read batman gotham knights and then I was just at the library and I was like, oh, Batman, No Man's Land, that sounds cool. And it was very like apocalyptic, no authority or government is going to save you. You heroes are trying to make life out of the rubble. So that was like my first foray into like grim Batman media. Yeah. Also, the early 2000s short-lived WB series, so it was before they turned into the CW, Birds of Prey also took place after this kind of apocalypse oh. thing happened. Um, they called yeah, it New Gotham. Batman had disappeared. And so so this like felt I was like felt very familiar. Like I had read and seen some um, DC stuff of New Dealing Gotham with this concept. Mm-hmm. So that was when they called it New Gotham. I thought it was uh, 
cool. Hit you. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, we we got this presidential presidential address uh, saying that it's a no man's land, and it's a very solemn moment. A lot of gravitas. And then Harley flips a double bird and goes, fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, the crew are watching this address from the mall. And yeah, uh, double birds, fuck yeah, by Harley is my, like, right out of the gate, my favorite swear of the episode. <laughs> it's a hard one to top. And then we cut to her, full tank girl anarchy mode, riding a hyena-drawn chariot. <laughs> yes. It's a bumper car, isn't it? From Yeah, it's a bumper car. Probably from the boardwalk. I think it has a Joker face. Yeah. Uh, and, and Bud and Lou Bud and Lou are um, pulling her bumper car down the street. But it's like full on a chariot. Like, I can't yes, overstate that enough. That- She's like full Ben-Hur on this. Sh- yes. And uh, like people are losing their minds in the middle of the street. They're having Dismemberment. their- Dismemberment. Yeah. They're having their limbs ripped off from like a apocalyptic like- wasteland i couldn't even see what was happening but somebody was like beating another person with severed arms you know it threw me for a second when you said apocalyptic just because ndc apocalypse with a k is such a specific thing oh yeah i keep saying it but that's the only thing i can think of the only word i can think of i wrote down bud and lou yeah it's been a while since we've seen them she glad they're healthy glad they're fine she rolls into the mall, you know, in in her chariot, and she has kidnapped uh, Takashi, a sushi chef, sushi chef, <laughs> sushi, sushi chef, chef uh, to cook for the crew. Now, <laughs> Doctor Psycho immediately thinks that like he is the meal. That that's what she's implying. That they're just <laughs> like, well, okay, it's Donner party time, and we're gonna start with the sushi chef, and that's. Right before we find out, it has been six weeks since the Joker fell, and they're already like, oh, oh three well. weeks. I just says three. I thought I heard six. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, but yeah, uh, like it seems like everyone else is kind of. It's been like, less than two months, and they're like, it is within the realm that they would eat another human. Everyone else is really like things are very dire. We have no electricity. Like, no food source. We can't trade with the rest of the United States for supplies because... Uh, can you Gotham. imagine trying to farm in Gotham? <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Unless you're Ivy. Ha- but Harley is like, oh, no, it's okay. I got us a su- sushi chef. Um, but Ivy, is all, as always, is the voice of reason. She's like, listen, it's been an indeterminate amount of time. Isn't it time to wrap this party up? Everyone else, every all the villains are scattered. You should take charge. Bring this shit together. Because mm-hmm. literally it is anarchy. But that's what Harley wants. She wants anarchy and sushi. Yeah. But and- uh, that, it may be a pigeon in that sushi roll. You know. Again, there's no, like, fresh food. Uh... And Sai has a couple of funny lines where he, like, is having a Vietnam War flashback. But a post-Vietnam just... flashback. That's what got me more. But it's just, like, there are flames in the, like, reflections of his eyeglasses. And he's like, it's like Nam after the U.S. pulled out. And Which everyone's arguably... ignoring him. Yeah, because arguably 
life in Vietnam improved after we pulled out. Uh, you know, unless you're a Reaganomics 80s CIA operative. He is so fucked up. He is. He, he cracks me up. No one can really react to what he's saying because he's always saying such terrible things. He... God, it's like if Henry Kissinger was played for laughs. Doesn't he make a Henry Kissinger joke in the first season? That'd be on brand. Or no, is it Oliver North? I think he makes an Oliver uh, North joke. Would also be on brand. Yep. Anyway, while they're talking, two goons like bust into the mall. Hey, babe. Huh? Would you put the Ollie North song in the show notes? Oh, sure. Okay, I will Thank do that. Thank you. Just for me. <laughs> uh, two goons uh, bust in the mall and they say, Penguin has called dibs on it. And this is a post dibs world. Yeah, that's what Harley says. She's like, uh, if anyone's going to have dibs, like, this is my mall. But that's what Ivy is trying to tell her. Like, everyone has an army of goons. Like, everyone is going to try to take this, any kind of, like, turf you have. And because there is no leader, there's, like, a power vacuum, basically. And uh, Two-Face, I think it's Two-Face's goons. Like, right after they get rid of Penguin's goons. Show up going, this is Two-Face turf. Yeah. That's the thing is she libertarianism doesn't work. Neither does anarchy. So Harley Quinn listens to Ivy sort of in her way, meaning incorrectly. She goes to Noonan's and she (laughs) rallies all of the goons and henches to not work for the villains. They're like, listen, they're doing the same old shit. You can be your own. You know, Everyone should be their own villain. Yeah. I had a note that I love the music while she's giving her big rallying speech. I... It just really stood out to me. But now, like, right away, I say right after she does this, I'm like, but now there are too many villains and it's chaos. So- chaos. <laughs> so All she wants is chaos. So now, like, all of these goons are, are like, taking, are, like, robbing their own banks. Uh, like, Two-Face. Phil, the fuck is going on? Yeah. Crit, get off the air. <laughs> yeah, taking the broadcasts from the Riddler. So, uh, obviously, this cannot go on. Mr. Freeze, Penguin, Riddler, Two-Face, and Bane meet to discuss the number one nuisance, Harley Quinn. Because she told everybody that they can be their own villain, but if everyone's a villain, then no one is, which I still think is not correct. <laughs> <laughs> No, that that is definitely what I learned from The Incredibles. <laughs> and they need goons to run the coffee machine. Um, I identify as a hench. And Mr. Freeze says something funny. He's like, I'm not in organized crime. I'm trying to create a cure for my wife's rare illness. Like, yeah, and uh, how are you funding that? Oh, from organized crime. <laughs> At uh, we go to uh, JCPD or GCPD. Gordon is on the roof and he's just kind of flicking the bat signal off and on, just drinking straight from a bottle. And you see like uh, the silhouette of Batman, but we know it's not Batman. Batman and Gordon finds out it's not Batman. It is Robin. He's like standing a solid so- three and a half foot tall, but wearing Batman's entire uniform. Uh, so like so foot, short, hanging off of him like footy pajamas. Short and blocky, and gosh, he has like he has like the cutest voice. He does. He has the cutest. I'm Batman. He ever. is a kitten. <laughs> and like literally, Gordon can just put his hand on his head and like 
while he's trying to hit him or something like that. That's what I imagined was happening, but Ugh. with words. What he really did is he threw a plastic whiskey bottle at him. <laughs> because Gordon is drinking straight from the bottle and it's thick plastic. Just Gross. bum whiskey. Yeah. Just get some MD-2020 up in there. God, Jim, love yourself. Then we go back to the mall. and for Which is some a reason, zoo. Yeah, there, it they is. They made the joke earlier that like, that they think of it as a zoo and a mall. I think King Shark is just stealing animals. And he is like chasing a little um, hedgehog and saying, oh. come on, let me pet you. I want to teach you love. It's so cute. I love King Shark. <laughs> and Harley comes back in, still ignoring all the actual problems and throws them like a little pack of fresh ginger. The last fresh ginger in the city. But everything's fine because it's anarchy. Even though she just had to fight off five new question-based villains. So uh, she receives a formal invitation to the Injustice League, and and Ivy is like, "I told you so." <laughs> that was one of my favorite spots. Like, look, I'm trying to be less of a know-it-all, and then she's like, "No, never mind. I can't. I told you so." Because she so was right. Big she's assholes. Like, there's a thousand little assholes. This sucks. And because like Harley ignored any kind of responsibility or her chance to take over Gotham now everyone else is going to do it for her and it's just going to be really shitty because they're all bad people and Harley's a good person she could have done Who something about things. it yeah she could have done something about it but Harley goes to the yep. Injustice League and this it is starts off the negotiations with my favorite profanity of the episode hey motherfuckers <laughs> just what better way to start a meeting? So all of the vi super villains are sitting around a table. Um, all of them are in ex executive chairs, except Bane, who's in a tiny folding chair. Little metal folding chair. We also find out that Bane did not die when the um, Legion of Doom building blew up. Uh, I <laughs> he can't die since he's the showrunner's fave character. Yeah, but he said, I was away dog-sitting for my Aunt Linda's girlfriend. We're very supportive. <laughs> We're very supportive. I can't do the voice. <laughs> can't do Fate's voice. So what they want to do, so they unveil their plan in which they're going to divide New Gotham into turf, like into zones for each villain. And Harley Ugh. gets like, Probably the tiny mall. You don't really see what it is. It was like a little island. Yeah. It's it probably a garbage island. <laughs> like, it's probably just, like, literal garbage island. And But Harley's like, why are you doing this? It's the same old shit. We could do something new. Because they want a hierarchy. They want everything to be the same. Everything was going well for them, except now that Joker's gone, they can all be the boss of their own areas. Bane says something like, well, you have money for all this, but no money for an executive chair. For a god, I got a goddamn folding chair. Riddler says something like, listen, we thought it would be funny to give you a little folding chair, and we were right. It's hilarious. And he's, and my favorite, <laughs> my, my favorite Bane line is like, your jest will be avenged. Your jest will be avenged. <laughs> That's a better one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but of course, Harley's not into it. So they're like, well, we, and they probably knew that she wasn't going to go for it. So they capture her. Mr. Freeze um, freezes her. Freezes her, puts her in a block of ice. And then, like, while she's in the block of ice, like, they all take turns basically uh, bullying her. Now, I wasn't sure if they were actually doing this or if this was her head filling it in. Like, if this was, like, 
guilty recriminations that she was hallucinating. Uh, I had a f- I thought that she- they were just bullying her. Yeah, they were just talking to her. They each took turns to like rub it in that she had a chance to take over and she didn't. And they won. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we go back to the GCPD and uh, Gordon is trying to rally his troops. Uh, well, knife fights happen just right outside. He says like, come on, we can do this, men. And Cheryl... And then Two-Face runs in and takes over by shooting everyone in the dick. <laughs> Would you also like your pro- to be shot in your privates? Uh, but we skipped over. Gordon talks about how there's only coconut-flavored like bubbly water in the vending machine. So obviously things are... Pretty go- dire. Yeah, terrible. Oh. Orange uh, flavor. Gordon basically leaves by like shooting into the air shooting all around them so that he can leave <laughs> and then he's next in his car driving down the highway with the Singing, bat signal you're a damn good cop yeah with the bat signal on the back this whole thing cracks me up this is plain jim gordon i feel like is christopher maloney's penance for years of copaganda by playing elliot stabler like i agree decades playing a messy, bad, good cop who is just allowed to do terrible things because, well, he's the cop. He must be a hero, too. Basically playing the same one, but now we're laughing at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So he's pulled over by highway robbers wearing masks, and it turns out it's his it- own officers and Cheryl. <laughs> highway robbers who are Bane goons. Yeah, they call them their, their Bane boys now. And I was like, I'm sorry, this just happened. You just like ran out, became Bane boys and just started pulling over cars and just like beating the shit out of people and taking their money. You know, it must have been a little bit of time because he he ran out the front door. He would have had to somehow get back up onto the building in order to get the bat signal. So like he planned a heist in order to like get the bat signal out of town. Yeah, I think it's funnier to read it as like this just happened. Like, just <laughs> we went from being rallied and ready to no, no, I work for Bane. Bye. Yeah, and I'm going to like kick my bo- like former boss's ass, and I live a life of crime now. So the Bane boys break the bat signal, and it goes out, and so Gordon is completely deflated, Lost. and he throws his badge into the river. Next scene. It's the penguin and he's in a limo and he arrives to like a almost like a small red carpet. There's a bunch of paparazzi out that side the door and he's totally hired them for himself. Yes, he did, because there's no way in like new Gotham post earthquake that. Yeah, I didn't see Tawny anywhere. Right. And so he's made like a fancy party for himself and we see that the crew is dressed in yeah they're they're pulling a heist to rescue harley sai is at the piano on stage uh clayface is a server psycho is on francois <laughs> uh, psycho is on top of king shark's shoulders in a giant suit <laughs> he's like Which has came his... to my favorite visual gag of the episode too but and clayface is talking to penguin and he's like going totally over the top he has his clayface teeth and like a regular person's body and he calls it champagne and uh <laughs> and they're all wearing radios and ivy looks the most normal she's just wearing a scarf and a hat and sunglasses inside and uh oh my gosh 
So Psy makes a diversion. He starts playing the piano while Penguin is trying to talk. He blows like a bunch of smoke from a smoke machine that's inside his wheelchair. So to cloud everything up. And Dr. Psycho uses his telekinesis to lift the ice block with Harley. But then, you know, he's on King Shark's shoulders and King Shark raises his arms like toward Dr. Psycho's forehead like Psycho always does when he's using his telekinesis. And I just lost my mind. Yeah, I, just, I didn't I even notice my shit up. I didn't even notice it at first. And they were like, wait, are those King Shark's hands? And we look and it's, yes, it is. <laughs> And so they're trying to get her ice block out of the casino. They're running. It's sliding everywhere. They, uh, Ivy's warning them to be careful because it's fragile. And so, of course, they fucking crack it and, like, just (laughs) pull some of the ice off of her face. And she just starts screaming. And it's like, oh. Ivy, hey. <laughs> so, and this is just the funniest shit. So it's the, I think it's like... Break the, out my swinging arm. The song that plays on it is the same song of Harley Go, any kind of major fight scene. But it's just complete chaos. She's just, sli- the ice block is just sliding all over the place. She is half hanging out of the hole in the ice block with her bat, just swinging at people. Sweep and- the leg, Johnny. And all of the rest of the crew are fighting off a bunch of goons. And it's just so much fun. And and Harley is just laughing maniacally. It is pell-mell and I love it. And then she, they all get separated though. And she ends up stuck still in the block in the same room as Penguin, who is giving a lecture before he shoots her. And she bites off his fucking nose. She bites his nose completely off. And that was, yeah, that was pretty silly, is that after all of that, trying to escape the casino, like, escape all of these people, all that happens is that Harley just slides into a room, the goons shut the door, and she's just alone with Penguin. And I was just like, well, what a great escape. And he's, like, really mean to her, too. He's like, you were a mistake. You weren't just, like, I thought you were just a sidekick with barely a name or something. But, uh, and, yeah, she just that's bites very his, condescending. She just bites his nose completely off. And I was like, oh, man, that's going to be weird the rest of the show with, with he, like, him not having a nose. And then, uh, so the room fills with smoke again uh, somehow. I don't know if a machine explodes or something, but she's just kind of yeah. taunting him over here. Yeah, she managed to break out and hit something, I think, that like let the steam release. She was just taunting fucking him. Fucking idiot. Yeah, <laughs> over here. No, not there, you fucking idiot. Oh, you're so fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was funny. Then she uh, uses her broken baseball bat to just uh, stab him up through the chin into the head. Yeah, as soon as the crew, like, bust open the door, Penguin is just leaning out in her arms as she's, like, shoving her baseball bat through his head and then pulls out the baseball bat and it gets even more gruesome. And that was the first time I was like, oh, shit, they just killed Penguin. The big bad. Mm -hmm. Dead. Gone. So we go back to, we go to Jim's apartment 
He's trying to hype himself up. He's like, you know, we Coming can up do with the a plan. Looking yeah. out over Gotham in the dark. He's really gross. He's has a shirt off. He has a giant patch of chest hair. Yeah, it's real. It's <laughs> not pleasant. It's not aesthetically pleasing at all. Barb is laying in the bed. I thought she was asleep, and he's just like, "We'll do it. It'll be us against the rest of the world." Barb, I'll deputize you now. We'll be husband wife cops. And then she just says, I want a divorce. And turns the lights out on him. And he's like, it's all hopeless. Next back to scene, Noonan's. Yeah, we go back to Noonan's. It's only the crew, though. And Harley is in disbelief. She's like, so I get frozen. And then they just, all the goons just go back to their bosses. And we find out that she has been frozen for two months. And Ivy got shot twice during rescue attempts. Yeah, and it turns out it was Clayface's idea to stage the whole party thing. And it worked. Kind yeah, of. They've just been trying and failing and finally did the deep dive with Francois. And so uh, the Injustice League followed up with their plans and did carve up New Gotham into each of their sectors. And it kind of zooms out and we go and we see all of them. And it's, oh, no, they go up to the roof mm -hmm. and they look out to the Gotham sky, New Gotham skyline. And it really is just five separate giant layers, like villain layers. And they all look like, you know, there's Riddler University there's uh like they've even painted the streets yeah they're ridiculous and harley says you were right all along i've mm -hmm. and that she's gonna take over yep so now that penguin's down she has the rest of them and she's gonna take them all down and she's really hyped up about this and then ivy's just like cool and then last scene of the episode uh, we're out in a field hospital it looks like um in the park and they are going through different injured people and start to take the bandages off a man who's been in a coma and it's bruce it's bruce wayne so dun, he, dun, dun. so he is alive yep and and finito So what did you think about the beginning of season two? Oh, I digged it. It, I, I like the transition of goals. And I liked being able to have some major villains that weren't just Joker or Lex. They really are pretty evil. Yeah. No, I love Batman's rogue gallery. And so things that get to have more interactions amongst them. Big fan. I liked it too. Like you, if you juxtapose the first episode of season two with the first episode of season one, you can really see how much Harley has grown. Oh, yeah. That not only, like, does Ivy believe that first episode of the series, Ivy believed that Harley could strike out on her own, but now I believe that Harley could control Gotham. And do a good job of it. Like, this would be the ideal scenario. Mm-hmm. And it's really like not Harley. Just, I think you're capable, but... This is where I want to hitch my wagon. Mm -hmm. And then Harley just kind of trying to figure out what she wants. Like, she seemed pretty uh, oblivious to, like, how much trouble the city was in and, like, how bad the outcome was if the rest of the rogues and gallery took control of Gotham. Because, obviously, there are five of them. <laughs> and uh, they're all terrible. Yeah. But I also liked that Ivy kind of repeated the same. They had the same kind of dynamic in the begin as in the beginning of the season one, where 
Ivy's just kind of, here's what I think, and I'm right. I'm secure in my assessment. I'm going to put it out there for you, but I ain't your mama. Mm-hmm. They're great. Love them. Ship them. Just kiss already. So soon. Anyway, uh, all right, next episode, we're going to uh, recap episode two. So if you like this uh, podcast, you can subscribe, rate it five stars, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and some other apps, not Spotify. Though that is really cool if you can hit that little follow button. You can also follow the pod on Twitter at Harley Quinn Pod. By Jess's request in the show notes, I'm going to link to a American Dad song about Oliver North so that we can all feel closer to the historical context of Psy. Yep, it's important. No one teaches American history in the 80s, and boy, should they. All right, and lastly, thanks for listening. Thanks. Thanks.